Welcome back to the Get a Q podcast. My name is Brandon Hall. I'm pleased to be joined today by Norton Public Schools District Technology Integrator, Christina Shalingo. Christina comes to us from originally in Norton Middle School, but is now a district-wide position. Christina, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you, Brandon. I'm so glad to be here. So, Christina, you've had um, you've basically filled every single type of teaching position that's possibly to fill in Norton. Tell us about your journey through Norton. Um, so, my journey through Norton started when I was a senior at Stonehill College, and I was placed at Norton High School as a student teacher. And legitimately, the day after I graduated, so I graduated from Stonehill on a Sunday, and I woke up on Monday morning and went to work at Norton Middle School as a long-term sub for a grade 7 teacher. And by, oh gosh, by the end of that June, I knew that I was officially joining the staff of Norton Middle School as grade 6 social studies teacher. Uh, From there, I just kept adding titles, I guess. I became the teacher technology liaison for Norton Middle School, girls basketball coach, girls soccer coach. And uh, this year is my first year as pre-K to 12 um, digital learning specialist and integrator. And so I sometimes jokingly say that I'm like a Pokemon and I just keep evolving um, and keep growing within Norton Public Schools. But it's been a great journey, and I'm so, so, so excited to have this role this year. Yeah, so the difference, you know, in leaving the classroom and uh, having that, you know, group of kids in front of you every single day and knowing their names and their faces and their needs and, you know, knowing their families and then going to a district-wide position, you now see how many students are there in Norton, Some, you know, in the 20-something hundred range? <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. I should know this. This is super embarrassing that I don't. I, we're, we're a relatively small district. Uh, if I had to say, maybe between 1,000 and 1,500. Um, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's such a huge difference where you, you have now an impact on pre-K to 12 that you, know, you could be in a class with four and five-year-olds um, you know, using writing wizard and using their fingers to draw letters and then be in a class of seniors who are uh, you know, prepping college applications. Right. I was talking to Karen Winsper, who is our amazing director of instructional technology, um, about this just the other week. And I said, one of the coolest things about this role is I used to just think of the students that I had as my students, right? Mm-hmm. And the students that I formerly had as my former students. And now I just kind of any classroom I walk into, any building I'm in, because we are spread across five buildings, I think of every single kid as my kid. Um, and every single student is my student. And I have a vested stake in their education and their learning um, and, you know, what's going on in their day to day. And so it is really, really cool and really exciting to walk into, like you said, a preschool classroom. And then just a couple of minutes later, hop in my car, go down the road and walk into a classroom of seniors and see kind of that beginning of their journey in Norton Public Schools all the way through to the end of their journey in Norton Public Schools. Yeah, and, and then you and I have similar paths here that, you know, we're both Skyhawks. I was a chieftain, but, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave right. that for the, the people who you actually... Evolve too. You could be a Pokemon too. Go <laughs> evolve into a Skyhawk. So we both, we're both Stonehill graduates, right? And we both started as social studies teachers uh, mm-hmm. and have now gone into district technology integration and, and um, you know, looking at technology and education, how have you seen that position evolve um, even in the short amount of time from, say, seven years ago when you graduated to to now? 
Oh man, there, <laughs> there has been a lot of evolution. That's for sure. Um, and actually I have to give like a really quick shout out to Stonehill college for their teacher preparation program because yeah. What I found a lot when I took on the role of teacher technology liaison and now this role is I think sometimes people kind of say like, oh, well, you know, you're younger, like, you know, you grew up with this and you, you know, you got all this training and Stonehill's philosophy when I was there. So I graduated in 2010. Their philosophy was technology is not a magic wand. Technology is not going to magically make your lesson better or great. And it's not going to poof, turn you into this amazing teacher. You have to know how to build a great lesson with nothing. You have to know what good teaching looks like with just you and like no props and kind of forcing us to um, think about it that way, I think really helped shape me into like, this is not a crutch. This is not just something that um, like I almost picture like those like apothecary people at like Renaissance fairs being like, yeah. here's, a potion, here's a person, here's a potion. Um, it's not that. And I think the way Karen Winspur sort of um, introduced one-to-one technology into the district, the way um, my building principal, Vinnie Hayward, sort of let us as professionals decide what to do with it. I think that alone made people grow by leaps and bounds in terms of what they were going to make of it. It wasn't, here you go. Now you just can sit at your desk and, you know, sit back. Right. Um, right. It was, this is a tool. Yeah. And just like any tool, let's learn how to use it effectively and let's leverage all that we can so that um, we're really providing the best possible education for students. Yeah. And like Bloom's taxonomy, the, you know, the SAMR model, you starting with substitution, right? We, we you got to get people in somewhere at the ground level, and if it's going from pen, paper and pencil to you know writing an essay to using Google Docs, right? So there's an easy substitution right there, and getting comfortable with that, and then moving to augmentation, and and getting eventually to that sort of redefinition. Um, how do you see yourself as a tech coach? Try and encourage people, right? So you have, you have a, you obviously have a, a a knowledge of the district and the people in the district because you've been there so long, how do you work with people? What do you feel like your, your style is to try and encourage people to go further and push themselves? So I think given the fact that this was a new position this year and all of the craziness of yeah. this year, I think we as a technology department sort of decided we have to make everything bite-sized this year. Mm -hmm. We have to, we know people's time is so precious. We know people are under incredible stress um, so much is being asked of them that we need to make things as approachable and easy and as feasible as humanly possible in an effort to make things as uh, easy to digest as possible, but also hit such a diverse range of needs, um, to kind of go along with our light bites or bite-sized basics, YouTube videos, every Wednesday, I send out three quick tips and I'm a child in the 90s, so I have a ton of nostalgia for the Light Brights um, toy where yeah. you plug your colored pegs in to the board and it kind of lights up. So I designed my Google Slides to look like that. Um, oh, cool. That. And it has three quick tips and I kind of try to cover almost like a basic and intermediate and an advanced because, you know, we want for the people who are still gaining their confidence in their tech ability 
I don't want them to feel left out. I don't want them to feel like I'm talking another language. And at the same time, all those people that want to be pushed and want more resources and really want to take something and run with it, I don't want them to feel like, well, just because it's called Bite Size Basics, it doesn't have to actually be basic. You can take something from this um, and create something super cool and super complex with it, with you and your students. That's cool. Uh, so you, you've talked, we talked earlier about um, sort of looking at this position and the technology integration in general as kind of past, present, and future. Uh, and I loved the analogy that you made. Um, can you kind of go into that a little bit and talk about how, when you, when you look at this position as a new tech integrator, um, you know, moving from the classroom, how, how there's sort of, you got three roles there. Right. Um, so one of the most challenging parts of the role is that you sort of have to operate in like, I don't want to say three different time zones. It's like three different, literally like frames of reference. You got the past, you got the present and you got the future. So once you push something out or once you put something, you know, on your district, um, website or on the YouTube channel, that doesn't mean necessarily it, it sunk into everybody. Right. So you always have to kind of dig up stuff from the past. And you know that once it goes out, like, you know, people are like, I can't track down that email. I got to find this. So I know you sent this out somewhere. And then you have all your issues that come up in your day to day. The, this isn't working. That isn't working. I need, I want a lesson that kind of looks like this. And then you always have to kind of keep an eye on the future and what updates are coming out. What's our next steps? How are we going to continue to grow as a district? So you have to sort of juggle these three different things all at once simultaneously day mm. after day. So it is no wonder that I never know what day it is. Um, Mondays usually stick out because that's our full remote day. So I say it doesn't come in waves. It comes in tsunami on Monday. And then I basically catch up to everything on Friday and uh, get ready for the next tsunami coming the following Monday. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing that people don't necessarily recognize, that it, as a one-person operation, y y you get hit from all sides, and it's constant. Like, right. And it's not, right. Just, it's not just one building saying, like, hey, we're having some issues here with this thing, or I was hoping you could do some coaching on this tool. It's across the board, the entire staff in all five buildings. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's like... So you have the past, present, and future, and then you also have student, staff, and families. Right. So it's like you have these three different times. You have these three different groups of people. And then I just continue to be amazed by, like, I'll, just, I'll throw stuff out there. And sometimes, like, especially being a one-person uh, role, sometimes I just say, like, I think I'm just throwing stuff into the abyss. Like, I'm throwing stuff out there. I have no idea what's sticking. And I'll just like run into someone and have a conversation with them. Like I ran into our athletic director and he was like, oh my God, I love that you sent that out. And I'm like, I would have honestly never thought in a million years, like this would be supporting you as tech, uh, athletic director or right. like, you know, last year we sort of piloted a coaching program and the school nurse signed up for technology coaching. I'm like, you re you're really connected to every single person, every single staff member, every single student in the entire district. Yeah. And um, I will not take that for granted. That's a very cool part of my position. Yeah, it certainly is really unique. And and the pandemic has made it unique in, a, in and of itself. In the spring, when you, when you had a classroom, how do you see what the spring was like compared to your position now where you're still supporting people? You were once one of the ones who was supporting people and teaching at the same time. And now you're supporting those teachers. Where, how, right. how, how has that been? 
I think it's been one of my favorite parts of the role because I look at my, I know we talked about my path through Norton, and I just look at even in just being in this district for a little over seven years, um, I look at all of the people that helped me. I think about um, Eric Green and Melissa Beck, who I was their student teacher. I think about uh, Mark Liberatore, who's the head of the social studies department. I think about the seventh grade team that welcomed me when I was a long-term sub. I think about the sixth grade team that then did. I think about, you know, my principal who cheered me on at <laughs> every single, you know, conference I presented at. I actually think, you know, obviously Karen Winsport and actually Kim Sajak, mm -hmm. one of our speech and language pathologists, who I know is on this podcast too, they were the two that encouraged me to present at MassQ for the first time. And that kind of like, you know, once I did that, there was no turning back in my career in um, ed tech. And I think about just in such a short span of time, how many people helped me and paved the way for me and rooted for me. And it's like, now I get to be in a role where I'm helping other mm. educators. Like what more can I ask for? Like that is so cool to give back to a district that has given me so much. You know, I'm the type of person that like, I think I came home from kindergarten and said, I want to be a teacher yeah. and just never looked at, at anything else. And so to be doing this for the district that kind of let me fulfill that in the district where I've learned so much about what it means to be an educator um, is something that I'm truly grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and this is the pandemic has really brought about a lot of change in education and, and right. education is in some ways, you know, very forward thinking and some of the, you know, the great changes in society have come through education. And in other ways it's, you know, we're still, we still got people sitting in rows, uh, in classrooms, <laughs> oh, yeah. right. You know, and the teacher is, in, <laughs> yeah, right. And the teacher is sitting in the front of the room, standing in the front of the room and kind of, you know, the sage on the stage, um, that model, but th this is really the pandemic has thrown that completely out the window. Um, right. What sort of new teaching practices have you seen in Norton? Because as a tech integrator, I don't think people understand is that you get to go into these classrooms with these teachers and help teach lessons. Like you're right. not you're not just in your social studies class, which was a lot of fun. You're now co-teaching science. Um, right. You know, you keep co-teaching eighth grade science, and the next thing you know, you're in a uh, a calculus class, AP calculus class in high school, or right. you, you go down to the pre-K class and, and it's just like <laughs> yeah. all over the place. It's wild. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would like, it is a teaching practice. It's almost like more of a, what I'm noticing more than ever before is just a, a culture of embracing risk-taking. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. And I think that while it's a shame that a global pandemic is the cause of this, that more than ever, educators are taking risks and that immediately shatters that, well, this is how we've always done it. Because guess what? You can't do it that way anymore. Right. You just can't. And I think sometimes it's easy to get into the mind frame of kids can't do that. They can't do this. They can't do this. And I think when you think about being in a being the you know digital learning specialist of a one-to-one -one district, it's like, I only want to use the word can. I think the kids can do this. And I think they can do that. Literally, I walked into a preschool classroom and watched them. We were doing this make your own pumpkin activity. And, you know, the teacher brought up a possible area where that could trip kids up, which is they're going to have to order the shapes. They're going to have to bring to front or bring to back. Four-year-olds did that. Mm, like, they can yeah, do that. Right. So 
um, whenever I hear that, uh, I don't think they can do that. It's like, well, let's just try, right? right. Like what's the worst that could happen? Let's right. just try. Um, so while I'm seeing like all these new tools being used, like um, I'm collaborating on a kindergarten pair deck math lesson right now with actually our math coach and a kindergarten teacher. Um, well, I think those tools are so cool. I think that risk taking and just that embracing of it is by far the most important thing that I've seen come out of this. Yeah, it's so impressive to see the way people have pivoted um, and that like the the way we this is the way we do it or we've always done it this way is such the enemy of going from good to great. Right. right? Like it, it, the, anyone that comes out and says this is the way we've always done it hasn't looked at another way to right. do it. And I feel like, like that's like our job is to make them look at it <laughs> another way. Right. Right. And crazy story about that. It was back in the spring, which granted was, you know, emergency yeah. virtual teaching. And I was. I don't even remember what the meeting was, but I remember we're sitting there and we're having a meeting and we sort of decided as a district to do um, like Monday, Wednesday, or at least the school I was at was like Monday, Wednesday was like math and science, Tuesday, Thursday, social studies, Friday was like world language, or we had like these, we had these project-based math and ELA classes. So kind of pushing out two lessons a week, all this stuff. I was sitting in this meeting and, you know, we're learning on the fly. We're doing this on the fly. And someone brings something up, like a change we could make. And someone else in the meeting goes, we, we, can't, we can't change now. We've been doing this for this way for too long. And we had been doing it for eight days. And I had legitimately, I think, like an out-of-body experience because I was like, how are we as educators sitting in here and, you know, looking at this whole new way of teaching and learning? And saying that we can't change something because it's only been eight days. We can change something. We mm -hmm. have that power. We have that ability. Just because, like, and I'm like, this is eight days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine how how hard it is to get out things that have been in place for a lot longer than eight right. days. Right. I mean, you look at the teacher uh, evaluation tool. One of the main points of the teacher evaluation tool is adjustment to practice. Like, right. This is the ultimate adjustment to practice. Like, <laughs> if you can't adjust your practice right now, you shouldn't be teaching. Right. There, there's no other that. Yeah. That, yeah. It's that conversation, too, of like, where do you want to put the work in? Right. So like when we Great we point. were kind of keeping track of student engagement back in the spring and I was kind of taking note of students who were either, you know, not completing assignments or struggling through them. And, you know, what could I do differently? And one of the game changers and it's so simple, but one of the biggest game changers was adding audio to Google Slides so they could hear my voice read to them. Yeah. And I looked at my numbers and my numbers of completion skyrocketed. And all of those struggling readers that I had um, did so much better. And you know what? Kids reached out to me and said, it was so nice to hear your voice. Yep. And, you know, when I, I put it out there that this this is something that you can do to support, you know, struggling. It supports everybody. It's right. better for all of your students. Right. Um, but especially those struggling readers and or those you know those auditory learners and um you know i got some pushback on it I'm like well, you are either going to spend the time tracking these kids down emailing mom dad grandma grandpa you know trying to follow up with them or you put it into putting the audio in the google slides which i i, I get it's a little tedious it can be a little time consuming but you know that kid learned something mm -hmm. and isn't that more important isn't that the important thing I'd rather spend my time front loading and making this lesson that can stand on its own two legs and that can be, 
you know, catch 90 to, I mean, there's no such thing as a perfect lesson, but you know, 90% of my learners, I'd rather do that than send that email home or, you know, obviously there were no grades in the spring, but you know, think, think about how, what that's going to do that kid's grade, that kid's self-esteem, that kid's confidence, what that kid thinks of him or herself. And I think that's a tough conversation for some people. I think it's a conversation we need to have as educators. Yeah. And even in the spring to think about a kid being able to hear their teacher's voice, right? Like the, just connecting on Google meets was, was just great for kids to be able to right. hear their teacher's voice. And then to, to have that other piece where you're reading to them, it just brings them, maybe they're alone all day because their parents are first responders and they're right. working double shifts and everything else. So they're home, but they be, they're able to sit and listen to their teacher read to them. I mean, that, it's yeah. a, it's a, you know, it's a little more work on your end, but the impact is so huge. Right. And I mean, like, I just, so another funny story from the spring, I, we had this whole like wrap up, like end of the year lesson, little review lesson for the kids. And I met one kiddo who didn't do it at all, but he had his own, he has his like own YouTube channel and he took a, um, do you know the Animaniacs? Yeah. Do you remember yeah, that yeah, yeah, show? Yeah. They have this song where they sing like every country in the world and he edited it. So it took out, because we don't cover North America, it took out all the countries that we didn't learn about. And he emailed the video to me and said, like, this is what you taught me this year. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't care that you didn't do, you know, the quote unquote assigned activity. Like, this was your way of telling me this is what you learned. And this makes me happier than anything else. And I think it's having that openness. And when you are that open and you don't just see it as this is the one way you're going to show me what you learned, kids kids know that. Kids can sense that. Because he would have never made that video had he not known that I would have been over the moon when he yeah. sent it to me. And, right. And the assignment itself, right, it's just – it's arbitrary. Like that we right. created this thing and this kid found something he was interested in that was, you know, ancillarily – ancillarily? We're going to use that as a word? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, it, it's an ancillary correlation that, you know, it's correlated to the actual assignment. It, it's, you know, he's showing that he learned something. Right. Let him, let him go with it. You know, it's, right. he did it. He got, he is passionate about it. He did it. He did a great job with it. Great. Yeah. What do we, we did it. We did it right in the end. Like, yeah. Cause I'm not measuring obedience because yeah, like, yeah. Right? like it, yeah. doesn't it come back to that question? Or like the kids are always shocked. Right. When I like, um, you know, I'm, being a social studies teacher, I'm like, I want you to attempt the best spelling you can, but like, I'm not grading you on spelling. And I have the whole conversation with them. I'm not your spelling teacher. Like yeah. I care that you're, you're learning this stuff. And if this is going to get in the way of you learning this stuff, that's fine. I used to jokingly say, um, I only care about your spelling if it's so bad, it insults me. And I would, <laughs> <laughs> I would never get insulted for the record. Yeah. Um, but I think just letting kids know, like, this is it. This is what I'm looking for. Right. And I'm not going to I'm not going to track you down on these one million different things. Um, you know, I'm not going to this has to be space like this and this has to be space like that. I'm I'm, I'm looking for you to grow and look and learn and reflect on your own learning. Right. Right. So in looking at sort of our learning as professionals, um, the I, I think this is going to be feel like a really hard segue here. I apologize. The, the MassQ conference, right? The, the vir- this year virtual conference, um, you know, traditionally in person at Gillette Stadium, big deal. Like everybody's there. It's a ton of fun. You learn a lot. You meet, you know, vendors and all sorts of colleagues. Um, how do you see that playing out this year? What's your role in the, in the virtual conference this year? 
So I am presenting this year Excellent. and I'm really excited and I've never done this before. I'm actually presenting like a sequel to what I oh. presented last year. So last year, um, my presentation was titled G Suite Suites. Um, and it was just all things uh, really cool that you can do just using G Suite. So um, it was so successful that I decided, you know, what, like, let's just do part two. So we're doing, or I'm doing G Suite Suites, the sequel, which is not easy to say, I realize. So hopefully <laughs> I'll just introduce it and then never say it again. Right. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm really excited and uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I also think that, you know what, it's, it's good to try something new. And I think that that same energy that you feel when you walk into Gillette Stadium on the day of Maskew, um, when we do actually finally get to go back and do it in person, it will just feel that much stronger and that much better. Um, but if we do this little segue this year and we have it uh, virtually, there has been so much coming together and spirit of better together that I'm sure that's going to carry through with the virtual conference as well. Yeah. Can you give us a little preview of, of G Suite Suites, the sequel? <laughs> so G Suite Suites, the sequel is going to just have... Um, a various collection of little tips and little tricks. Uh, again, all things G Suite. Man, like this is so hard to give like a little teaser without giving away too much. Um, trying to think of something like really specific I can give without giving away. So like a little hidden secret maybe about G Suite that, that the, the yeah, average a user... little hidden things. Um, and sometimes things that like seem so simple, like I had a lot of teachers tell me like, oh, you know, when I assign a Google Doc, it's it's like hard to, you know, where the kids are writing and organizing that. So like, hey, like, you know, you can insert a one by one table or um, like a one by two table color code, put your question here or highlight where you want kids answers to be. And guess what? It's easier for you and it's easier for your students. Right. And that is like one of my most watched bite-sized basics videos. And it's something that I would have totally taken for granted to just yeah. like use a table to organize students answers, but Hey, it helps people and yeah. it helps kids. No, that's a really, here. that's a really good one. My favorite, I think is the, um, dot new to type yeah. in. Yeah. In the Omnibox to type in doc dot new or, you know, slides dot new. That I, every I feel like every time I tell people that that don't know it, they're like, "Are you serious? How did I miss this?" <laughs> yeah, That's and my... I always try to do it when I'm making an instructional video. I always try to show people how to navigate like that. Like yeah. I, I try really hard to do that. No, oh, another thing too, like little tip is like I don't think people realize you can get um, like an automated email. It, granted, it comes at five a.m. every morning, but an automated email from your Google Calendar with your daily agenda. Oh, I love that. Because like I'm so much more apt to check my email than to check Google Calendar. Yep. And uh, I think that's like such such a like underrated like nice little thing. I'm gonna add that in my next tech tip. I give uh, I do Tech Tip Tuesday. Oh yeah. Yep. And then I post it on my blog afterwards. But I'm gonna add that for the the. the... Yeah, it's so helpful, especially like you know with um, people's schedules being crazier than ever. Really helpful. Yeah. Uh, Christina Shalingo, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, really looking forward to seeing you at Virtual Mass Q, G Suite Suites, G Suite Suites, the sequel. Got <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, and Christina. It's so nice talking to you. Yeah, you too. Where can people find you online? Okay. So um, my Twitter handle is Miss Shalingo NPS. And um, also, we have an, an instructional technology website with tons of goodies. And um, 
is it's terrible that I like don't like can, I can send out the URL like that. Can, can it be linked to the podcast? This will definitely, like, you can send okay. it to me and I will put it in the notes of the show. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So and anything you've got going on that you'd like to highlight? Any other work that you're doing? Oh, man. Um, something fun you've got going on. Something fun I've got going on. Uh, well, I, I moving's not fun, but um, <laughs> can it be like non-professional? It doesn't have to be professional. Okay, perfect. So um, we just adopted a little six-year-old. Well, I say little, but she's a little chunky. Uh, long-haired dachshund. Oh, it's a girl. It's a dog. Me. Okay, I got a little nervous. There. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, yeah. A little six-year-old chunky. She's a little chunky. But it's a dachshund. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, a dachshund named Nelly. And um, I'm super proud. I have not heard her barking or crying um, throughout this whole thing. So that has been a huge relief. So I guess like all the cookies I threw down there for her. I'm awesome. um, down there. I mean, she's like on my couch. She's, yeah. I'm not like, you know, she's not in the cellar alone or anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is definitely um, great to have. Except while I'm making all my like tech videos and stuff, she has this way of um, nudging my hand off of my computer. So she's, you know, she's not a huge fan of taking work home but yeah, uh, yeah. you got to do what you got to do when you're a tech coach in the middle of a pandemic yep yep <laughs> yep yep and you're a dog mom so you got to pay attention to the kiddo exactly yep. exactly all right well christina shalingo from norton public schools thank you so much for coming on the get a Q podcast and we will see you soon thanks for listening be sure to rate and subscribe on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify anchor and anywhere podcasts can be found this is the Get a Q podcast from MassQ, here to educate, connect, and inspire.